Hi friends, and welcome to the Relove and Rise podcast. I am your host, Amanda Gazzola, former busy bee chasing her dreams to an energizing self-love advocate. I want the kind of life that has fun, ease, joy, and flow, which is why each week I will bring you an episode that will help you move forward to building the life that you want so that you can elevate and soar. So get ready with me and join me as we take one step forward in that direction today. Known for her honest opinion and bold approach to women empowerment, Tracy Osborne is a trauma release coach guiding women on their journey to move past their past and become empowered women they are supposed to be. She is the host of the new podcast, Releasing Trauma. She's the editor-in-chief of Daring Women Magazine and is the host of the upcoming new internet TV show, Today's Daring Women. A rape and domestic abuse thriver, Tracy connects with women on a global scale to support them in their healing, bringing them tools they need to move past their past and create lasting self-transformation. No longer a silent victim, Tracy uses her voice to make an impact and encourage others to do the same through her teachings of empowerment. Her mission is to raise awareness, facilitate change, and empower women to reclaim their voice and inner power. Hello, and welcome to the Relove and Rise podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Gazzola, and today is a really special day. Today, I get to talk with Tracy Osborne, who is a really good person that I've really been following along for the past three years. I've gotten to write for her magazine. She's put on some amazing summits, and I just feel that she has a lot to say that um, you might resonate with. Or you might just find her story really inspiring. So thank you so much, Tracy, for being on my podcast today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, you have done a lot. Like you are a powerhouse when it comes to, you know, helping women, inspiring women, motivating women, and helping them through trauma. That tends to be your specialty. So can you explain a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, so I work, I work mostly with women who are survivors of domestic abuse, sexual assault, childhood trauma, um, and also grief. And that's because that's where my experience lies. And I'm sorry about Yoda. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him going <laughs> off in the background. Um, but yeah, that threw me off totally, didn't it? <laughs> that's I'm sorry. Okay, so yeah, I work with women primarily who are survivors, and I help them to release that trauma, and so they're able to move forward and create a better life, a life that they can love, a life that they can cherish, uh, because we hold that trauma so deep inside, literally at a cellular level, that it manifests as a, a whole variety of things which we're going to get into today. For sure. And I'm excited to dabble into that because I do believe that it's really important to release stuff that you're holding on to. And so, and the process is not done overnight. I like, I know that you know that. So what, when you're helping someone release, what, what's the process of that? Well, it's definitely, like you said, it is not an overnight process. It didn't take you overnight to get here. It's not going to happen overnight to get rid of it. Um, and there's a wide variety of tools that I use depending on the person, how deep mm-hmm. the trauma goes. But I tend to use a four-step process, and that is uh, accept that the trauma happened. 
you know, so we have to go through the acceptance stage, get out of that denial stage, get out of the victim stage, um, move forward into the forgiveness. And by forgiveness, I mean forgiving yourself. And then we move into releasing the trauma, especially at a cellular level. And then we rewrite our stories. And uh, that's my favorite part because it's a blank slate now. It's a, it's a brand new canvas. You get to make your future whatever it is that you want it to be. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I really got, like, I wanted to say something really there and then the, yeah. Anyways, I apologize for that. That is, I love that. And the thing is, like, do you find that, that like, I know for myself, you know, trauma, it wasn't to the point of certain things, but definitely to the point where, where I didn't want to be around. Did you do, like, how do you deal with the resistance where you're, like, you're fighting with yourself almost? You have to stop. Um, what, I, what I tell people to do is, you know, because when we're fighting with ourselves, that's when that negative talk comes yes. in. And that negative talk is so toxic it's you might as well just eat arsenic that's how bad it is and so I have my clients um, create a journal and you have to consciously pay attention to what you're thinking which can be tough um, because those thoughts come through on autopilot so you have to really consciously be aware of what what it is that you're thinking write down those negative thoughts because I guarantee you what you think today you thought yesterday and the day before and the day before, and you're going to think again tomorrow um, because they literally carve a path in your brain. And so by writing down those thoughts, now you're conscious of them. And now you know, oh, shoot, I'm thinking that, and you can stop and change it. And as you change that um, from a negative, you know, whatever the, the nasty thing is that you're telling yourself into something more loving, more positive, that's when that resistance begins to shift. I love that. So this all comes from a place. So let's like find out more a little bit about you. And then we're going to come back here because again, Tracy's not saying these things just for the sake of saying them. She's been through it. And this is where I, her story is very inspiring because, you know, she's been through a lot, but in it, she's beginning to begin to find resilience through it as well. So I'm excited for you to be able to share your story with us. Thank you. Oh, you bet. Well, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes versions. Um, when I was five, my parents divorced and I went to live with my mom. And there came a point where she realized she just couldn't do it on her own. She worked nights. So I was left to fend for myself during the day. Um, got into trouble, you know. So I was sent off to live with my grandmother. And that is what started the abandonment issues I have. Um, because I thought for so long, my dad didn't want me. Why didn't I go live with my dad? Um, grandma did her best, but she, you know, she had a, an abusive marriage. Um, I don't remember my grandpa, he died when I was three, but from what I've been told, he was very abusive. And, you know, she, she didn't know, she didn't know. So I grew up being called stupid all the time, um, you know, things like that. And so fast forward, when I was about 11, I moved to Montana to live with my dad and my stepmom. 
and things were okay at first until they weren't. And then my stepmom became probably one of the biggest emotional bullies that I've had in my life. Um, you know, I'm up here and she's probably right about here. Uh, and so, you know, there, there was just all kinds of things going on in teenage years. And teenage years are crazy enough as it is. Not all that extra crap piled on top of it. When I was 18, I was raped by my boyfriend on senior prom night. Um, about six months later, I was out with some friends that I knew from work and we were drinking. Um, I got, I passed out or blacked out or something. Um, when I woke up, I was still fully clothed, but it was very, very evident that sex had been involved. So I was, I was raped because I obviously was not a willing participant. Um, I don't even think I was conscious. I, I really think I had passed out. Um, a few years later, I was again assaulted sexually. And th this is the only time I actually ever called the police uh, because I was pregnant at the time. And the cop, when I was telling him my story and what happened, um, because at one point, the guy it was, it was a guy I was dating. He pulled me into his lap and he wouldn't let go of me. So I punched him in the head so that he would let go. And when I told the cop that his response to me was, well, you shouldn't have punched him. Oh. And so, you know, here I am, you know, 23 pregnant with one kid already. And I'm going, so I was just supposed to let him have his way or, you know, and so I never really called the cops again. I've been in and out of multiple domestic abuse relationships until I finally figured it out and broke the pattern. Um, and then most recently, the biggest trauma that I faced was last May when my husband suffered a heart attack and died and I had to perform CPR on him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> really heavy and like... Thank God you're here and, you know, you're able to share and help other people. But it, that just, I can't imagine like hearing that from the copy and like, you know, you're supposed to hear to protect me and here I, you, like, you're making me feel like I did something wrong while I was trying to protect myself. But the justice system definitely failed you for the head. And unfortunately, you know, 20 years later, it still does. Yes. It still fails people, um, women especially, on a daily basis. So when going through all of that, like that's a lot. So when you said you finally figured out, what was that moment? What did you figure out? Um, it was when I was finally starting to do some personal development. Um, I was growing up <laughs> basically and it was, it was just a, okay, there is a pattern here, obviously. Um, and the pattern has one common denominator, which is me. And so, therefore, there's not something wrong with me, but something within me that needs to change, needs to be brought to light, needs to change in order to break that pattern. I didn't want to continue being in abusive relationships. I didn't want to continue being with the same kind of person over and over and jumping from guy to guy to guy. Um, 
And so that's when I really had to start working deep on myself. And it's a work in progress. I'm not done. I will never be done. Um, We're always a work in progress. There's always improvement that can be made. So that was probably, oh, goodness. Um, within the past decade is when I really started working hard on myself. And... Um, and I've been able to shift a lot of those patterns. That's wonderful. So what types of stuff have you done? Like what have, um, cause everyone finds their own unique path of what, what works for them. And so I think it's really nice to really dabble into that and find out what has worked for you and what, you know, like, cause every, when you look back, it's easy to connect the dots when you're in it. It's like, Oh my God, where, what am I doing? Where am I going? You're kind of just like, trusting in like your own face, trusting in your judgment. And that can be scary because like sometimes like you literally don't know what to do. Like you don't know what is the right thing, but you can feel it through like your heart and soul. So what have you been up to, to help yourself? I have worked with coaches. Um, I have worked with therapists. I have worked with myself. Um, a lot of the healing has actually, actually come from public speaking. Mm. and getting out and telling my story and letting women know that they're not alone, that whatever they're going through today, somebody else has gone through it. There is hope for a future. Um, and, and just letting them know that you have a voice and it's okay to use it. So that has been one of the biggest healing steps because then I get women coming to me saying, you know, I heard you on such and such, and you really encouraged me to come out and tell my own story. And I love that. I love when people come out and tell their stories, even if they're just having a private conversation with somebody, um, it, it's getting it out. Even if you write it down in a journal, you know, I don't care. Just don't keep it inside. And that was another thing too, is, is writing. Um, journaling is incredibly powerful and you don't have to, write anything particular it doesn't have to be you know mind-blowing you just have to write and just get that pent-up emotion out um when did you start writing about it because you know it stuff happened when you're a teenager so when did you realize that you had to start talking about it i wrote my first essay in college um probably around age 23 um yeah, because it was before I got pregnant with my second daughter. So I wrote an essay about it because by then, see, when, when he raped me, my, my boyfriend, when he had raped me, I blacked it out or blocked it out um, for a very long time. You know, to him, it was his animalistic urges taking over. And um, because he was my boyfriend, I didn't tell anybody or, you know. Um, and so I, I wrote a paper about it and went into full detail. And as I was writing, more and more details came to light. I didn't realize it was my senior prom night until I wrote that paper. And I called up my best friend and I was like, oh my God, it happened on prom night. Um, you know, so I, I didn't make any of those connections until I was able to start writing and then things started coming out. Um, and then I kind of stopped writing for a while. Were you scared, like, at what was coming out or just uh, lost I was interest? angry. Yeah. I was angry for a while. Um, 
and I've talked to him since I, I reconnected with him um, probably about seven, eight years ago. And I don't talk to him now, but I, I did talk to him because I wanted to confront him mm-hmm. and see if his thoughts had changed on that night. Um, and they hadn't, he remembers it, but he never really thought about it as rape until I brought that word out. And he was like, I could definitely see where you would think that. Um, and so he was apologetic and I have since been able to forgive myself and forgive him, which, um, is hard and, you know, not something that I tell people you have to forgive your, your abuser or perpetrator. You don't. So then I picked up journaling and, and writing again within the last five or six years. And that's really been helpful, especially, you know, with the blog, with Daring Woman magazine, being able to write and just put my feelings down. And a lot of what I write does not end up published um, or it ends up, you know, I have to really edit a lot. <laughs> but, um, but that's okay because it's, it's out there. It's gone. It's no longer within me. That is so powerful and you're an author at the end of the day like that's the power of the flow of writing you have to write whatever comes out you can't block it but yeah you can definitely edit after but at the same time it's just amazing what comes out and the power of forgiveness like let's talk about that because you know it's really hard to forgive and doing something like that forgiving someone from like that's you know that meant a lot to you at the time and him doing that like that's a lot so like, did that come from within, from when you, like, like, did you know that you are going to do it that day, or it just kind of felt like when you are in the moment being like, you know what, I forget. I, I didn't even forgive him that day. Mm. Um, it was still probably, gosh, it wasn't until recently that I really realized, you know, I no longer feel anything around that event. It is something that happened in my past. Um, I don't get triggered by things like like I used to. Um, and I think because I made him realize that, you know, what he did wasn't okay. And it was rape. It wasn't just a boyfriend, you know, pinning down his girlfriend and having his way with her. Um, no means no, no matter who you are. And so, you know, it still took some time, um, because I was angry at him, but the more I talk about it, and the more I, I help other women, that has helped me to really release those feelings. I don't want to hold on to them anymore. I just, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of holding on to them. So I, I let them go. Um, and I didn't realize that I had forgiven him because I don't care. I don't care about him, you know? Um, but I have. It's, it happened. It's over with. He, he was very apologetic. Um, when I spoke with him and, you know, and, and that was that, um, but forgiveness is incredibly hard and I never, ever tell somebody that you need to forgive those who have wronged you. You don't, you can, um, absolutely. I know people, I mean, you hear these stories all the time. Somebody, hurt someone in their family, murder somebody, whatever, and the family forgives that person. Well, they're better than me because <laughs> I don't know that I can ever do that. 
Um, but what I do stress and teach is that you have to forgive yourself. Mm. And I'm not saying, um, you know, like I, okay, so let's take the one where I was, I was out drinking. Um, you know, you play the what if game. What if I hadn't been drinking? What if I hadn't been alone with two guys in their apartment? What if I did this, that, and the other thing? Well, what if, you know, what if is you can, what if till you're blue in the face and it's not going to change the fact that it happened. So I had to forgive myself for being young, being naive, um, and being angry at myself. And so as I've worked to forgive myself, those emotions, I've been able to release that trauma and let that go. You know, again, it happened. Um, it's, it's something that happened to me. It's not who I am. Wow, powerful. Yep. Yeah. That's beautiful. And exactly, it's not who you are, for sure. And with you having kids now, like that obviously changes, like, you know, how you, how you hold your anger, how you hold your tension, how you hold yourself and stuff like that. So how, like now, because like you have two little ones, maybe not so little, how old are your kids? Um, the older two are 20, I think you're 28 and almost 25. And the younger two are almost 18 and 16. Look at that. That's, that's a beautiful oh, yeah. big family. Um, but you <laughs> know, all girls. Do, wow. And so how have like, how has that changed? Like your, how, do you feel like that's changed your role as like a mom? Do you look at things differently? Like you want to protect them, but like, what do you do to help yourself through that? Because sometimes you can feel the anxiety too, probably that creeps up. Um, I have been always really open and honest with my girls. They all know, um, they've heard parts of my story and if they have questions, they know that they can ask me whatever they want and I, I will be open and honest with them about my past. Um, and so, you know, we, we've had conversations around different areas of my past. Um, and I truly believe you have to lead by example. So, it's even more important to me to work through my issues because my girls are watching me. Even, even though they're grown, um, they're still watching. And so I have to get my stuff together so that they can keep theirs together, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's been tough. Um, my oldest, my oldest is 28. She grew up with me. Literally, we grew up together because I was 19. I was a week from 20 when I had her. And I was not ready for a baby, but I thought I was. So, you know, we, she grew up with me and um, she's been there. She remembers a lot of the events that I went through. And what that has done is when her ex-boyfriend started doing that kind of stuff to her, the gaslighting, the narcissism, that kind of thing, she recognized it right away and was able to get out. That must have, like, like that's pretty, in some way you must be pretty proud to have, like, have a daughter that's able to recognize and stand up for herself. Like, that's really commendable. Congratulations, yeah. Mama. 
because like she got to you know she learned and you got to save and protect like that moment for her yeah um yeah you know i i hate that she had to go through it my my hopes and goals were that my kids would never go through anything like what i went through um and so far you know they really haven't um which is good but it's yeah, I mean, as far as parenting, it's just, it's been tough because I have the depression, I have anxiety, I have PTSD. And so I'll have times where I don't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I went for years as, I, I admit it, I was a horrible housekeeper. Horrible. Because I just, and I didn't know it was because I was depressed. Um, it was all I could do just to get up off the couch and take care of the, the kids, you know, let alone clean house, um, especially with four kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I tried to, tried to clean during a tornado. Um, it just doesn't work. Um, you know, one of the areas, the biggest areas that I still struggle is self-care and that's where i'm focused right now is um what is self-care what is self-love um you know how how is this showing up in my in me physically um and so that's that's kind of where i'm at right now with the whole wellness side of it as opposed to the mental side i'm i'm really focusing more on the, the health side which is where you come in <laughs> and I sure you believe though like you know you've been through so much you've done a lot it's and yeah I want to definitely just dabble into like the part of like those days because they, they still come and creep up and stuff like that. so like it's not to say like it goes away but you definitely know how to recognize the patterns that come up but I like in regards to like one thing I definitely believe in one thing at a time you know, you've really worked hard on the, the mental development part, the personal development part. And that's a huge aspect that helps you understand where things are coming from. So you can like start focusing when you have family, especially a family of four. I mean, it's one thing at a time where it's just like, what am I capable of right now? And now you're ready for this part, which is you can see it when I'm looking at you right now that like, you know, you're definitely taking the time to put on your makeup, do your hair. Like, and that's, that's a big, those are big steps. Those are gold star days for sure. So yeah. when those times come, like, do you, like, how do you, and you feel it, like, how do you give yourself, okay, this, today's going to be like this, but tomorrow I'm going to get to bed. Like, what does it look like for when you recognize the anxiety coming, depression and whatnot? Um, when I, when I feel the depression coming, I know that I'm going to sleep more. And so I can prepare people. I look, I'm going into a depression, you know, we're going to up the meds. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But I might be sleeping more, which means y'all have to pick up the slack. Um, you know, luckily now the kids are pretty well grown. So there's not much slack to pick up. You know, I hardly ever see the teenagers. Um, they're out doing their own thing, living their own lives with work. Um, I am able to just kind of put things on pause. That's the nice thing about working for yourself is that I can just put everything on pause and say, you know, look, this is where I'm at. And, and I think I might have even done this with you and said, you know, Hey, look, I'm, I'm in a funk. I'm in a depression. I'm in this, whatever. And I'm going to have to push off 
talking with you for a while until I pull out of it, or I've had to put the magazine on hold for a while until I pull myself out of the depression. Um, and so that, you know, so I do that. I just, if I'm tired and I, I just want to sleep, then I just sleep. Um, and right now I'm in this phase where I don't want to sleep. And I think it's because I slept so much last year when my husband died. That's like all I did was sleep. And so now I don't want to sleep. I want to, I want to get up. I want to experience life. I want to enjoy life. So I'm only getting a few hours of sleep a night, which I know is not good, but it's just kind of where my body is right now. And I'm honoring that. So I'm learning to listen to myself and honor what my body wants. Um, for me, the biggest struggle is still around food and that's, that's next. You know, I've worked on this, I've worked on this, I've worked on this. Now it's time to conquer my biggest demon that I have. This is, this is that big battle at the end of the, the video game, you know, the big boss. Um, and I am now at a point where mentally and emotionally I am strong enough to finally take on that big boss and I have the support system. Mm. I have an amazing boyfriend. I have amazing kids. I have friends, um, you know, people that I can go out and walk with or whatever, you know, accountability partners, whatever it is that we need. Um, you know, so I am, I'm ready. I now have those pieces in place and it's, it's time to start battling that boss and I'm going to win. Love that. I love it because it's perfectly perfect. I mean, there's no one system. There's no like plan. It's literally like, you know, having the right people in your life, the right support system and just tackling it as it comes one step at a time and building yourself up. And that is literally what it takes. And that is the power of forgiveness because, you know, you can't, you can't just like, you know, you can't wish that things were different and you have to kind of accept what happened and stuff like that. So both of those, like, I just think that there's so many great takeaways that really help you to be exactly who you are, to be, to be helping people, you know, that have come into your life and to basically say that I'm here for you. And that's like why that's one of your superpowers. Like you're a phenomenal listener because you've been there and you have empathy and sympathy and can really hold someone and just say, you're not alone. And that is one of the biggest things that I think most of us don't want to feel these days. We don't want to feel alone, especially when we're like self-isolating as it is right now. But thank you so much for everything that you do. And thank you so much for helping people. How can people find out more about you? Oh gosh. Um, if you go to traumareleasecoaching.com, that will have all my information. You can also go to daringwomanmagazine.com and check out the magazine as well. Definitely. And I will definitely have all the links in the bio for when this podcast is released and you can find out more about this amazing, beautiful woman that has definitely given her all to everybody and, and especially now more in than ever to herself. Thank you, Tracy, for being on the Relove and Rise podcast. Thank you. All right, guys, I am sending you guys so much love till next time. And as always, the only way to get this podcast out is you. I thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart because it would not be where it is without you guys. If you find any value out of this podcast, please like, share, and rate and subscribe. It honestly would mean the world to me. And that is how you can give some love 
to this podcast back. All right. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, keep being amazing and keep being you.